Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce you today, Andrew Curiel, who's the director of the Center for Leadership at the College of Mount St. Vincent. Andrew, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. How are you? I'm doing well, John. Thank you for the introduction. Ready to go, ready to have a good informational conversation and just get started. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Absolutely. So, Andrew, let's start by just asking you to give us a brief introduction about yourself. How long have you been in admissions and how did you end up in your current position? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been blessed to come back home to my alma mater, the College of Mount St. Vincent. I'm a proud grad, class of 2018, first gen student, single family home, like all of that stuff, born and raised in the Bronx. Uh, I'm only 26 years old, but college was always on the horizon type of thing. Like, I didn't know if it was like achievable. Uh, granted that my mom went to college for two years to John Jay. So when I was looking for colleges, I was looking for something similar to my high school experience where I went to Monsignor Scanlon. I was looking for somewhere small. I could continue playing basketball and it was financially affordable. And all three of those options were the College of Mount St. Vincent. So I ended up coming here for four years. And then after I graduated, I got my master's in Ireland playing professional basketball. And wow. uh, I got a master's in marketing. And then when I came back, I was doing like summer camps on campus, uh, 20, 2019, like June, July-ish, I was doing summer camps. And my VP, when I was in admissions, said, hey, like I saw you back from Ireland on LinkedIn and everything on Instagram, like, hey, let's have lunch. And ever since that lunch, I've been employed at the college. So I've been in admissions for four years. I was an assistant director, which is like entry level. I was an associate director, senior associate. And then most recently I applied for the director position because it was open, ended up not getting it. But literally two days later, I got this offer from the college to be the director for the Center for Leadership, which is a new initiative here at the college. So <laughs> overall, super blessed and higher ed. I never knew I would be here, but grateful to be here. 
Well, that's awesome. A great example. One door shuts, another door opens. So you're a graduate, an athlete, first-gen student. Andrew, obviously, the College of Mount St. Vincent, so lucky to have you as an alum and now as an employee. And obviously, we're very lucky to have you as well on this podcast episode. So thank you again. So let's get right to it. What are some of the things that you personally love about the College of Mount St. Vincent that make it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Oh, I, I love the opportunity, like literally opportunity. <laughs> we have like when I usually go to the high school, they always ask me those, those type of questions like, well, all right, sell me the mount like in 30 seconds. And all I say is we serve students that are high achieving. We have premier scholarships for students with 90 GPAs, 95, 99 that are free room and board or free tuition. But then we also have student support programs such as Higher Education Opportunity Program, HOP. We have our own institutionally created program called MAP. We have a TRIO, which is for first generation low income students or students with an IEP. Like we literally serve both spectrums of the students. And I think that's the biggest thing. We'll have students who are working two jobs and also still come to class. We'll have students that have children, but still come to college. We have students that this is their first time away from home, but they're still going to college. And that's what I love. Like literally when I walk around this place, it's like everyone has their own thing that makes them unique, but we all find the commonality here at the college of gaining that higher education. So that's my favorite thing. It's just like the wide spectrum of like high achieving, low income students, students with IEP, like everyone's here, everyone's on the same playing field, getting the same type of education that benefits them. Well, that's beautiful. And we really appreciate that introduction. And it really sounds like the College of Mount St. Vincent has something for everyone. So we really appreciate that. So if possible, it's important to visit campus before committing to a school to get a sense of the environment both on and off the campus. So if a student is able to visit campus, what are some of the questions they should be asking to help them determine whether or not the College of Mount St. Vincent is in fact the right fit for them? There's tons of questions. I, I've always loved giving campus tours. And when I worked in admissions, I was very close to our tour guides. And going on some of the tours, you can hear what parents are asking. So always recommend students, obviously, like you want to know what options are here that can take me back home straight up, right? Because if a parent or a sibling or anybody can't drive you to and from school, how am I going to get to school each time when I have to do it on my own? I will always ask about resources outside of campus. Is there a local bank? Is there a local Target? Is there a local shopping center that can benefit me if needed to go off campus? Also on campus, I'm asking about my major. Uh, how many students are in that major? Is it one of the biggest programs at the college type of thing? Because you want to know if there's longevity behind that major. I want to ask about student experiences. And I always tell the, the tour guides and the students, talk to each other. Of course, parents and mentors and siblings will try to ask. But that student to student connection is so important because literally you're going to be that student in a couple more years. And that's why I tell our tour guides, never doubt the power of a simple tour in your eyes and the effect that it can have for a student and their decision to do something for the next four years of their lives. Um, uh, common questions as well. What are athletics like? What is the process to get recruited, join a team? What are student clubs like if you're highly involved in clubs and uh, things of that nature? And then also the opportunities outside the classroom. I always tell students like, yes, you're here for education. You are a student athlete, student leader, student dancer, right? Things like that. But ultimately, we want you to get a, a full type of experience here at the Mount, as we call it. So what other opportunities can students get a part of? Can you be an orientation leader? Can you be a resident assistant? What is the process for those things? Can you be a peer mentor? Can you get work study? Can you work in financial aid, student activities? Asking those type of questions of the full experience 
are so, so important because then you begin to start seeing yourself in those shoes on campus and really seeing what the vibe is overall. Well, those are great insights and tremendous questions that you could ask. So we really appreciate that, Andrew, more than you know. So let's talk a little bit about your application process. Andrew, what can you tell us about your overall admissions process? In other words, once students hit the submit button, what happens? For example, how many applications do you receive? Do you review by high school or intended major? Any insight that you could give us would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, for everyone listening, every college does the process different. Uh, specifically at the College of Mount St. Vincent, we are broken up by territories. So for example, my territories over the last four years have been Long Island, Queens, and Brooklyn. That includes all public and private schools, charter schools, independent schools, everything like that. And I literally review every single student's applications that come in from those three territories for me. My colleagues do the same. For example, I have a colleague who does the Bronx and Manhattan private schools because there's so many of those schools in, in the New York City region. I have a colleague that does Bronx and Manhattan public schools along with uh, the north the northeast section of Massachusetts and Connecticut. Um, I have another colleague that does Westchester, Rockland, Putnam. So it's broken up like that, at least for us here at the college. Other colleges may do it the same way or they may do it from alphabetical order where they just split up from A to E and then F to, to J and so on. Um, and when an application comes across our desk, it changes now because now it doesn't come across our desk physically, it comes across our computer screen. So we're literally reading applications. We try to bang out at least like 40 a day type of thing per counselor with a team of six because we want to make sure at the end of the week we have a big release for our students. Uh, and when, they, when it comes across our desk, we're looking at the high school transcript to make sure the student is um, hits the requirements to get into the, into the institution. And also we're reading to see where along that spectrum they fit in. So are they entering one of our premier programs, Aquino, Fonto, Fedorco, Seton, or are they entering one of our support programs, MAP, TRIO, HOP? And our job as admission counselors, I always felt I'm not an admission counselor, I'm an admission advocate. I wanna advocate for this student and where I see they could be best successful and give them the opportunities so they could be aware. We do that. And then also we read the college essays that during early action and early decision, we only have early action at the Mount, but the college essays give us so much insight into the student who is a person. The transcript lets me know what type of student I'm accepting. The college essay lets me know what type of person I'm accepting. And I'm so passionate about the college essays because that's where students get vulnerable and become really, really transparent, talking about foster care system, homelessness, um, working with a sibling, taking care of responsibilities at home, um, uh, something that they overcame that they didn't think they would or giving hope to the college experience. So I love seeing all the applications that come by and really getting a sense of these students. And the most, most fulfilling part was when I met a student at a college fair or a high school visit, and then I see the application come in. And in that little section is like, kind of like, why did you apply? Or how did you hear about Mount St. Vincent? And when they write my name and let me know about the experience, it was so fulfilling because it's like, wow, I impacted this student enough to do something like this to set up the next four years of, of education. Well, I'm sure you've impacted a lot of students and their families over the years. You're awesome. And I love how you, you put it. You're not an admissions counselor. You're an admissions advocate. That's fantastic, Straight Andrew. Up. I really yeah. appreciate that. And you mentioned the requirements along with many other things. But let's talk a little bit about the requirements, Andrew. What is the average profile of the current freshman class and if a student falls lower than that mid 50%, what are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall application? Yeah, overall um, acceptance from our students, so our students that get admitted to the college, whenever I go, I always 
try to be mindful of the demographic or the uh, geography region that I'm in, because to some students, and this is who we are here at the Mount, 85 GPA is what we're looking for in students. That is the average of students who get admitted and that apply as well. And when I go, I try to tell students because 85 to some students is like easy. But in other regions, the 85 is like, that's my best work. So I always try to give them that encouragement that 85 is just what we see averaged up from all of our students. Um, when it comes to the SAT, we're at a 1050, and then the ACT is a 20. Um, if a student falls below that mark, I always say it's okay because you're still gonna get some type of aid here at the college. We accept students from a 75 GPA all the way up to 100. And what I love about that is students may get discouraged because it's like, wow, I'm not in that range of where you said the average student is. And again, I try to reassure them like average is from 75 to 100. So students that fall below, I always tell them, hey, listen, if the first couple of years of high school was tough because of moving from house to house or a separated household or going to a new high school because you're in a new region or even the COVID stuff has, is still affecting students because some student transcripts have had P's and F's. And for us, we can't really calculate that. So we need an extra grade. So what I do is I'll reach out to students who are kind of on that barrier or us as a team would and say, hey, listen, send me your mid-year reports. So your first two quarters from September to December, and I'll see how we could bump up your GPA with the new recalculations to either get you a higher scholarship tier or to even get you to the acceptance tier. And that's, what, that's how we do it. I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code COLLEGETALK, one word, just college talk, and that'll give you 30% off all prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link in the show notes. And now, let's get back to the show. Well, that's fantastic. And I know a lot of people talk about demonstrating interest as part of the overall application process. So, Andrew, what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending the College of Mount St. Vincent? And do you track such things as part of your overall admissions process? Overall, for us, I never saw us uh, track demonstrated interest by like the numbers. But for me, I keep it in my head because it's like, all right, well, I met you at the college fair. Now you applied. Now you got accepted. 
Now you send me an email. Now your mom emails me. Now you're coming to an event on campus, such as a yield event, like early action brunch. I saw you again. And now you're emailing me about that. And now I know like everything. So like to me, I know I contacted a student 10 different times. So now when that student comes across my email box in February, March, April, it's the relationship is already there. So now essentially I will be more willing to try to help that student because they're showing so much interest in the college. Sometimes what happens is, as we know, students that get denied from their top schools or priority schools, their early decision schools, they start looking for other colleges to apply to. And when I see those emails, it's like, all right, like who can I help the most now? Like someone who's been showing me they've been interested since their sophomore year or someone who just came out the woodworks from April. Of course, the student's still going to get served, but I know the other student is more committed to the College of Mount St. Vincent and not just thinking of us as an option. So I wouldn't say we track demonstrated interest per se, but counselors always know those names at the top of our email inboxes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that insight. And I was also curious, do you have an honors program and how are students considered for the program if you have it? In other words, do they have to apply separately? Yeah, honors program is lit. Um, I love the honors program here. It is the top 10% of our total student body and it is also the top 5% of nursing majors. And what I love about that is you don't have to do an application as you apply to the college. But if you are accepted to the college, then you have to do an application um, to come for an interview. And what I love about that process is, again, demonstrated interest. You applied, you got in, and now it's like, hey, you got an honors opportunity. You applied. Okay, great. Now you came to campus. Okay, amazing. And now you interviewed. So, like, that's great. And what I love about the honors program here, specifically at the College of Mount St. Vincent, is we give our students smaller classroom sizes. They get premier registration, which allows them to register for classes prior to the entire student body so that it could work around their schedules, work, sports, anything like that. And then also it gives them the opportunity to do research with a professor in a thesis format over the course of their four years, which is amazing if they're really into the, the studies and their major and their college education. So those are three big benefits. And again, as an admission advocate, what I consider myself is, is like, does the student have the qualifications to be in our program? Yes, awesome. Can they continue to show interest and send me a mid-year report and then I could get them in later? Yes, all right, let's help them. Let's get them in there because you never know. You get into the College of Mount St. Vincent and now you get into the honors program over another college where you just got in regularly, it's like, what's the option? So I always try to uh, help our students know the options that we have, but also get into those options as well. Well, we appreciate that. And Andrew, I'm always curious, as admissions professionals, how do you determine the number of applicants to accept, waitlist, and even deny when you receive far more applications from deserving candidates than your seats available? Oof, tough question, John. <laughs> tough question. <laughs> I'm not even going to be able to go around this, but I know from, from my heart is like, I don't get any joy or excitement denying a student or waitlisting a student. There's, there's nothing there that's like fulfilling. And it's not, it's, it's a task that I didn't see me wanting to continue to do. Um, when it comes to accepting though, we're like, I always say, we're accepting applications all the way to the next year uh, leading up to the class of 2027 currently. But um, I wouldn't be able to answer that too much. Well, we appreciate that. And so let's dig deeper a little bit more into the overall application process. You talked about the essay slightly a little earlier. Yep. What are some examples of college essays that left an impression on you and what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when they're sitting down, getting ready to write their essay? 
All right, let's go. So I was literally just talking <laughs> about this to a junior student who's here on campus. Um, she wrote a beautiful essay that still sticks out to me to this day. My first year in admissions was 2019. She applied for that year and she basically wrote about coming out to her parents as gay. And it was such a powerful essay. And what I loved about it was she was at the point of growth and she knew she had to continue growing and she realized that moment. And what was cool, she turned it back into college and said, part of growth is me going to the College of Mount St. Vincent, experiencing New York City, seeing what the campus culture is like and ultimately doing things that fuel my fire. And I was like, that's amazing for a 17, 18 year old to write that and have that perspective. So that's one. And another one that I read is so funny. And I always tell students there's there's levels to writing a college essay. And there's one student. Uh, I don't even know if, he, if he's still here, but his college essay made me laugh. It was he wrote his college essay from the point of view of his lacrosse helmet. <laughs> the lacrosse helmet's name was Harry the Helmet. And what he did was was actually pretty creative. He was basically saying like Harry was viewing the student and saying, I'm with him all the time. I see how hard he works. I see how dedicated he is. I know I'm going to be with him for the rest of his life. And if he goes to the College of Mount St. Vincent and plays lacrosse, there's going to be such a big step for him and growing up and things like that. And he wrote a whole essay on that. And I'm like, maybe not the best, but definitely the most creative and definitely stuck out to me for sure. When I when I do the college essay workshops, I always felt like th there was a main three three letters I always told students. What is your message in the college essay? What are you trying to get to the admission counselor, admission advocate of who you are as a person? What is the moment that it happened? So, for example, if you had an injury and you overcoming it, that's the moment. And then also keep it concise. So I always said M. MC, message, moment, concise. As admission counselors, we read endless amount of essays and literally like they're on our computer screen and we have to review it. And I need it to be one page, get in, get out. Tell me what you're gonna tell me, tell me, tell me you told me. Because we have so many other student essays to read as well. And I know students could do it because you, I've seen it. But I always say the message that you wanna get across the moment that it happened for you, the realization, the understanding, whatever it may be, and then keep it concise so this uh, admission counselor can read it and get you under to understand and then get you through. Well, that's great insight and tremendous advice. Thank you so much, Andrew. We really appreciate it. And a student's activity sheet, of course, is another piece of their overall application. What are the kinds of things you're looking for beyond the work that they did in the classroom? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that student activity sheet, that resume, I love those because it's like, again, I'm going, I'm getting to know the person. So if I see, if I see a student who struggled in grade, but then they're so involved or they're taking care of a sibling or they play three sports, participate on a dance team, then I understand the grade aspect. I get that. But then if I also see a student who's excelling in school, but is also excelling in activities, then it's like, all right, well, this student is not just a student. This student wants to get involved on campus. So now my job as an admission counselor is to say, all right, what program do we have on the spectrum that could best benefit this student? For example, if I see anything community service that's consistent, I want to recommend them for our seat in service and leadership program, which is for students who do community service. They get to live on campus for free, wow. for free <laughs> as a seat and scholar for doing community service in high school. Of course, there are certain requirements that they got to maintain here at the college, doing community service, being part of a service project. But if you're already doing that for your high school career, 
you're just doing it again. And now you get to live on campus for free with other Seton scholars. Amazing. Um, I look for other opportunities such as uh, Heritage, where one of our famous alumni is Corazon Siaquino, former first female president of the Philippines. And we have a rich tradition of Filipino culture here at the college. Any student that's involved in anything Filipino that I see, or that is Filipino descent and has a, a 92 or 90 GPA or higher, I'm already thinking, all right, nominate them for the Aquino scholarship, because obviously they have a tradition and they understand their heritage. But the Aquino scholarship, we give out four four free tuition scholarship, full tuition scholarships to students. That's terrific. So that's amazing. And again, I can't see that in the transcript that they're into the Filipino heritage. I can't see that in the transcript that they do community service. Um, another one is our Fedorco scholarship. If I see a student is really interested in science on their transcript and have taken so many courses, but on their activity section, they've done research, they've taken part in conferences, things like that. I'm like, we gotta nominate them for the Fedorco scholarship because then that's a summer research grant for the student to live on campus and do research with a professor. And that's why I tell students, it's never bad to put all your information and kind of like dump it all out. Because at the end of the day, our, our job as admission counselors, as a team is to, how can we best help this student to help to choose us? And we got to show them all the opportunities from their application. Well, that's great insight and tremendous pieces of advice. Again, Andrew, we really appreciate it. I always put the Office of Undergraduate Admissions in the show notes. If there's anything you want to include, such as the list of scholarships or anything else, please send it to me. And of course, I'll make it available to the students and their parents in the show notes. Absolutely. So, Andrew, if a student had an IEP in high school, what services do you offer to ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on your campus? Good question. Yeah. So if a student has an IEP and I'm I'm not trying to be ignorant, but I had no idea what an IEP was when I first started in admissions, along with tons of different terms. And when I heard the IEP, individualized education plan, it made me understand, yes, the student may be looked at as a certain way of needing extra help. But again, we serve all those students here on campus. So the type of uh, accommodations that the student would receive is they will be placed into our uh, TRIO program, which is a federally funded program for students with an IEP or a disability, come from low income, or are also first gen, if they fall along any one of those. What's cool about that program is they are in a group of students on campus, a cohort, that basically have the same characteristics as them in, in, in either one of those fields. They also receive another counselor on campus. Think of it like a guidance counselor. They receive an academic advisor who will put on events for them, will support them, will be available to them whenever that they need a specialized academic advisor for them. And the other benefit here at the College of Mount St. Vincent that we have is the Office of Accessibility Services, OAS. And what I love about that is we're accommodating every student and every need that they have. If they need extra time on tests, they're getting that in our library, Elizabeth C. In library. If they need um, additional homework time or they need an, a secluded place to do what they have to do, they get those accommodations. Of course, they have to you know, do all the prior paperwork and then the proper emails, have the right documentation. But again, those students do get accommodated by our OAS officer, our OAS director. And what I love about that, too, since we're such a small college here in, uh, in New York, our OAS director will be able to talk with our professors and make them aware of the situations or the accommodations or the IEPs that students have so that they're not left in the dark teaching students, but given the opportunity to adjust while teaching our students with IEPs or, or in need of accessibility. 
Well, that's fantastic. And like I said earlier, it really sounds like you have something for everyone. The College of Mount St. Vincent truly is an amazing school. Andrew, thank you so much for this. This has been an awesome conversation. You're amazing. Unfortunately, it leads us to our last question, which is, what are your top three pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Good question. Top three advice <laughs> that I would give. I mean, over four years, I've given so much. I've been so grateful to connect with so many parents and help them and, and students as well that I'm so grateful that are here now at the college. Uh, number one for me, and I'm not saying it's number one overall, but number one for me is to, to start following these colleges on social media. I've taken such a passion of storytelling, creating, documenting students' journeys here at the college for students and parents to see. No matter what, you're going to be in those type of places that those students are walking around. You're going to be in those type of environments that students are participating in. So what better way for a prospective student or family to see than on social media? I always say like on the website and emails, you're going to see the most professional version. You're going to see the most clean cut version. <laughs> I think on social media, there's an opportunity to see the most like just common area. I think that's just a relatability aspect. Our students are super smart. Prospective students are super smart. They know what's fake and they know what's real and they could tell when it's forced or when it's organic. So I would recommend that to everyone. My number one piece of advice is start following the schools that you wanna go to or think about on social media to start getting an understanding of the student experience there. Number two, forming that relationship with your admission counselor, or as we know, admission advocate now is super important. They are the person who are literally going to be advocating for you for more scholarship, acceptance, other opportunities on campus. And I always, I always told my students, like, you're not just getting me for nine months. You're going to get me for four years. So, yes, I'm their first point of contact here at the college. The piece of advice is this. Ask your admission counselor to connect you with whoever you want on campus. If you're a bio major and you want to talk to a bio professor, ask your admission counselor to get you there. If you're a parent and you're concerned about security on campus or the safety of your student, ask your admission counselor to set you up with a conversation with the security office on campus. If you're an athlete and you don't know how to get in contact with the coaches, ask your admission counselor to get you in contact with any type of the athletics in that department. It is our job to serve, period. It is our job to admit students, period. But we have to help. We have to continue to guide that light and be that point of contact. So that's number two. And number three, I would say be open and be you. I love the the be open aspect because I transparently, John, I didn't even know about College of Mount St. Vincent when I was applying. I didn't know about College of Mount St. Vincent till April of my senior year in high school because wow. I always thought, why would I still go to school in the Bronx? Like I'm at, I'm at Scanlon, I'm in the Bronx already. Let me go somewhere else. Let me experience different life. I want to go to Ithaca. I want to go to St. John's. I want to go to like right. LIU right. because that's those are the big names. But for me, if I wasn't open to the idea of going to this institution, my life would have been way different, good or bad. It just would have been different. Um, I invite students. Senior year is so it's such an awesome time. Like go to the SUNYs upstate, go to the privates on Long Island, like go to the private schools in Brooklyn and Queens, because why not? You're already invited. They, they want juniors and seniors there. So go see the vibes, get the whole type of experience from this. And also for the parents, be willing enough. I, I get it. Monday through Friday is the work week, but most of the college's events are on those Saturday Sundays. As a, as a man of faith who always goes to church on Sunday, 
we had to make some decisions. Like I had to go to church on Saturday evening or, you know, make it work early on Sunday morning. So the willingness to help your student experience this is so, so important because the students want to go. They just want to know if you're going to take them there. And if not, how are they going to get there? So those are my, my, my last piece of advice. Be open and be you. Ultimately, we're accepting you because of you, your transcript, uh, your education, your resume, your skills, your attributes. We want to see the best version of you because ultimately you're going to be a new member of our campus community here at the college. And we want to see how are you going to flourish? What are you going to thrive in? So be open, be you. Well, it was a blessing to have you, Andrew. This has been a tremendous conversation. Thank you so much. Like I said earlier, the College of Mount St. Vincent, very lucky to have you, as were we. I'm so happy, as I know that this is going to help so many students and their parents as they navigate through the college admissions process. I hope to have you again. You were awesome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, John. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.